0: Encourage the doubting, the alienated, and the weary. Let's address doubt. This may help someone you're trying to encourage. My hope is that you've been receiving illumination from the Lord as you've asked, God, what do you love about yourself that would capture my heart? I know the Lord answers that simple prayer. I've been helped. It's a boiled down version of Paul's prayer. Ephesians 1, 17-18a, that the God of our Lord, Jesus the Messiah, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. I trust you have been getting answers. However, there are some plagued with doubt, they feel disqualified when they look at themselves They do not see someone who has a wholehearted love for God. They are not convinced that God wants to reveal himself to them. In opposition to that doubt, it is written that God does not reject those whose affection for him has grown cold. He receives those who come to him. He said, the one who comes to me, I will certainly not cast out. John 6.37b With a clear conscience. You can encourage friends to expect God's embrace. The parable of the prodigal son is in the book for a reason Luke fifteen twenty b So he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him, and ran and embraced him and kissed him. God is not hiding. he is waiting. in fact, he is searching. He has always searched for alienated people. When Adam was hiding, the Lord called to the man, inherent within, where are you? Is the grief he had over their broken fellowship and a desire for that relationship to be restored? My perspective is that everybody's relationship with God can grow. The degree of love we have for our Creator can increase. Some are disheartened and have given up on the pursuit of spiritual growth. They're tired. Here's more good news. The spiritually exhausted are called, too. The response required of them is simple trust in Jesus. He is the initiator of our spiritual health. Matthew 11:28, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This call to come is a wonderful revelation of the Messiah's goodness. His love and desire for us, and for that which could benefit us, is revealed in this invitation. It is not an echo of the following verse, but I think it is thematically connected. Isaiah prophesied a similar invitation, Isaiah 55, 1 and 3a. Ho, everyone who thirsts! Come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk, without money and without cost. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen, that you may live. I think this is a foundational verse. I hear its resonance in John's writings. Apparently, the Messiah also identified with it. In John 6... The Lord said that those who believe in Him will never thirst. John 6.35 Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. In the following chapter, the Messiah offered an astonishing invitation. John 7.37 Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. His self-identification with the answer to humanity's spiritual thirst was very bold. We know that it was also very true. Jesus is the answer to our alienation from our Father. Jesus is the Father's solution to the problem of his alienation from us. He calls us to be reconciled to Him. 2 Corinthians 5, 19 and 20 God was in the Messiah, reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and He has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for the Messiah, as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of the Messiah, Be reconciled to God. Father has provided the means of reconciliation. Our experience of that reconciliation is dependent upon our responding to the invitation to return to Him. Let's take advantage of this reconciliation and ask God for revelation concerning Himself that would stir up our heart's love for Him. The foremost command is still the most important. Also, don't leave any of your struggling friends behind. Thank you for listening to Love and More with David Harwood. David is the pastor of Restoration Fellowship in Glencove, New York, the author of several books, including God's True Love, For the Sake of the Fathers, and his latest, Growing in Love with God. You can find all of these books with links to purchase them on loveofgodproject.org. God's True Love is also available on Audible, and the others will be following shortly. Thank you, and please help us out by sharing this podcast with your loved ones.